to the bomb hole. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. Go slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go again. We are back in the booth here at the Bomb Hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now, first things first. Stony Buds, how are we doing? So good, my dog. God, love here. Now, uh, to my left, we have Dara Reed McLean. I think our fourth or fifth Canadian in the booth. Dara, how are we Facts. doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Love that. Love that you're on the show. Uh, heard that you've never done smelling salts. So we're going to start it off right and uh, whack one of these. We got, the, we got the whole dinos crew in the, in the crowd here. So we're going to make sure that they... C- guys, come get some smelling salts here. Let's start this thing off right. I can't wait to experience this. All right, just give <laughs> that thing a squeeze. Heard so much about these. So you can snap and share. Yeah, do a snap and share. It's a snap and share scenario. You squeeze it? Just squeeze it and give it a whiff. Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm going to watch you. So you go like this. I'll take yours after, Chris. Squeeze it. Turns red. Watch, hey, you're, block, you're blocking your camera. Watch oh. out. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that was strong. Oh, shit. Oh, that smells like it's so unhealthy for you. <laughs> That's bad. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. We're rolling. Wow. I feel better. <laughs> All right. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with Dara, uh, in the words of Sean Genovese, she is a true diehard snowboarder. She's got a pro model with Dinosaurs Will Die, filmed an array of great video parts. Now she's sitting down with us. So, uh, first things first, Dara, let's start off with the peg. The peg. That's where you're from. Tell the people where you're from. I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, That is right above North Dakota for Americans who don't know geography very well. Um, It's flat. It's the middle of Canada. It's the prairies. Uh, I grew up riding a 100-foot hill called Spring Hill with a rope toe. Um, Yeah. You ever hit crowbar? Yes, how do you know about crowbar? Oh, we know about crowbar. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Oh, you guys talked to Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I grew up with Jake Kuzik and Jody and Jeeves, um, Derek Malinsky. Yeah, Airhorn for all those guys. Um, they kind of brought me up, taught me a lot of things. Crowbar is That's probably the, the one rail in town, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of like five. <laughs> Yeah, you guys got an insane roster of alumni from the peg. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jeeves, like I remember watching the old sandbox videos and all the, everybody in there. Is it, I, I got to ask you, does it trip you out to be like, all right, I'm from the peg. I came up with like Kuzik and then just like seeing where, where he's gone and where these guys have gone. Yeah, it does. Especially Kuzik because him and I, like we used to live together in a few different houses in Whistler and we kind of like started off at the same place, you know, and uh yeah, watching how far he's come is really, it's been pretty amazing and inspiring and crazy because you don't think when you're younger at that age that it's possible for any of us to make it as far as he has. It, cool. is, it is wild when you're from an area where there's no pro snowboarders. Yeah, and, and, and hardly any mountains, right? Mm-hmm. Now I got to ask, who would you say is, like out of all those names you mentioned or alumni of the PEG, who would you say the, like, the mayor of the PEG is in snowboarding? I think when we were younger, it was Kevin Griffin, <laughs> Airhorn, and then he kind of moved on and mayor of the peg now. I don't know. I'm going to give it to Derek. <laughs> Solid answer. And then you guys grew up right in Spring Hill, correct? Yeah. Why, why don't you tell the people what Spring Hill is like? Oh, it's a magical place. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 100 feet. Uh, there's usually huge 
ruts in all of the landings. The takeoffs are icy. I don't know if I could ride there anymore, but we used to go there every night from open till close. And um, yeah, we just lapped the tow rope. The whole hill's 100 feet or it's 100 vertical feet? Or what are we talking about? 100 vertical feet. 100 vertical, okay. Yeah. And you drive, it's actually a floodway ditch. So you drive (laughs) to the parking lot and you park your car and then you go down and then the tow rope takes you back up to the top. That's N- nice use of a floodway ditch. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, growing up, you know, you're Canadian. We're Americans, so we don't really know much about, uh, you know, coming up. I'm as French a, Canadian. Well, actually, myself as well. Yeah. But as, as, what is your but your birth certificate, technically? It says Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Jersey. I did not know that. But yeah, I only lived there a couple days, actually. A fun, that's a yeah, fun, fun little fun, fact. Fun fact. So now, I notice it seems to be harder for Canadians to kind of get their foot in the door or get sponsored because the scene is so based down down here in America. Did you experience that growing up? Did you notice that at all? I don't think it was harder to get sponsored, but I think it's harder for a lot of Canadians to get past the Canadian level of sponsorship. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of people up there that are getting free product, but not a lot of support in other ways. And it's for some reason hard for us to get past that level. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the the budgets and everything's based out of America, so it's easier. But to like break into that American budget, it seems to be tougher. Yeah, exactly. And then there's a few exceptions that manage to get there, but there's so much talent in Canada, and I think a lot of people aren't getting as much support as they deserve. Question: I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Who's the most underrated Canadian? I'm going to say Marty, but he's getting there. <laughs> Marty Vachon? Yeah, his rating's going so, up, I think. Yeah, his stock's going up. Mm-hmm. Stock I would invest. I, I, if, I was, if it was like a Bitcoin or a stock, I would be investing. Marty Vachon coin? I'd say he's an appreciating asset as far as yeah. uh, financial terms. <laughs> yes. Okay. I think what brands do, too, is they, if they're an American brand, they just want to check the box. I have a couple Canadians on the team. Yeah, and they're, they don't, it seems like they don't pay any attention <laughs> to yeah, what's just, going on up there. They fill the slot, and yeah. that's all they're concerned about. I don't know what it is. It's just we don't see them in person as much or, yeah. I think that is a huge factor. It's like when you go and actually meet a team manager or whatever, photographer, filmer, and you actually meet them face-to-face, it's way different than, like, watching somebody's footage on a screen, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. That and seems it, like they're from Quebec, too. Sometimes the names are hard and the language barrier. I think that holds back some Quebec riders for sure. I think so, too. It's, it's frustrating. Yeah. Well, I have a perfect time for a guest question from our none other than Ben Bullock. Here we go. Hey, Dara. Um, a few years ago, you drove down from Winnipeg to Salt Lake. Um, and not too long after you passed the U.S. border, you found yourself at the Kenyan border again. And apparently you were a little puzzled by how it happened. And so am I right now. I don't think you've ever clarified as to how that happened. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear the whole story. Thank you. I'm not exactly sure which situation he's talking about, but I can recall that um, when I went down to Hood for the first time, I was riding there all summer, and I was going back and forth between Hood and Whistler a couple times. I went to Hood and then Camera Champions and then back to Hood. And then anyways, for whatever reason, the, one of the times that I tried to get back into Hood, or maybe, maybe it was Salt Lake because shortly after I moved to Salt Lake for a year, they turned me around and uh, told me that I didn't have enough ties and equities to Canada. I guess they thought I was making money in the States and not claiming it or something. Um, and I was just young and I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't have an explanation for them. So I got turned around. 
I heard that's a that's a very nerve-wracking experience for a Canadian coming to the States generally, right? That happened probably like 10 years ago and I still every time I cross the border I get I'm like sweating my stomach I'm so nervous. Um, for a long time, I had to bring like notes from my bosses in Whistler saying, Dara will return to Canada on this date. You can call me if you need to. Or I'd have to bring like bank statements or like a lease or something just to prove that I wasn't trying to legally live in America. So they think you're trying to, to get out of the country basically and move here? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing goes to, well, you, know, can't go, you can't go to e- either country without, if you're making money in the other country, it's, it, you can't go there without a visa, a work permit. Work so, permit. It's always a bit of a gray area, but yeah, we always got to say we're getting paid by American companies, mm-hmm. even though we're in Canada shooting or doing whatever we're doing. Yeah, gnarly. If Jess has that fucking dildo here, oh, I swear, <laughs> oh, yeah. get the, it the out largest, of here. The largest <laughs> dildo. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, for the listeners that can't see, um, Jess Kimura just walked into the studio, and she is basically. Swinging the dildo around as if it's like a um, Petey Pablo. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, uh, take a shirt. Take off. a shirt off. Swing around like a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. She's doing a full meat helicopter with a looks like about from what I'd say 25, 26. 26 inch dildo. Yeah, the yeah. largest legal dildo in Utah is yep. the the word. Yeah, that's what they said when she bought it. Yeah, I didn't know there was a law. On I would it. like to. I would like to know when they were deliberating about the law, like how yeah. they came up with. <laughs> 26 exactly imagine the people around the table in suits and ties like tape measures it should be 26 no 27 no that's too much it should only be 14 (laughs) to the shaft or to to the ball like where are we measuring yeah there's a lot of it's a gray area here where we uh, we don't have to look at that legal document i guess they made her um they made her uh do a thumbprint when she bought bought it Did she tell you about that? Yeah, they wanted to make sure that she didn't steal someone's credit card. I think they want to keep keep track of who has these 26-inch dildos. I think that's the real reason. (laughs) (laughs) They want to (laughs) know. Okay, so 26-inch dildo. (laughs) Noted. I also noticed in your um, uninvited part while we're talking dildos... um, she seemed to have like some type of suction cup dildo that she put on mm-hmm. your on your board yeah. uh, in the back country. Speaking of dildos, yeah, love that can, she did that to me. <laughs> can we talk about that experience? How was that experience for you? I was upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was so last year was my first year with a snowmobile and going into the back country and trying to like understand that whole situation. And I always felt pretty overwhelmed and stressed out there. And then we had a fancy expensive filmer for the day and I was nervous and <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're like oh Dara let's just get some nice red camera shots with your pro model and I'm like oh yeah that makes sense and then look down and there's this fucking dildo on my snowboard and it's just like <laughs> I just felt like they were uh, making a joke that I wasn't really a part of <laughs> didn't love it but I told her she was absolutely not allowed to put that footage in my part, so she didn't, but it's the credits, so. <laughs> oh, it's in the credits. Yeah. That's just, that's some quality footage right yeah, there. You should have specified, put it in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, I should have been more she specific. slipped it in the credits. <laughs> so you filmed, you've been filming for forever now. How many, how many video parts are we up to at this point? And we can count like half, half parts. Or yeah, there's, little segments there's definitely there. a few half parts. I think there was probably like three, three or four years ago and then there was a few years of a few years that I kind of stepped away from snowboarding and then probably this is probably my fifth since I started filming again mm-hmm. yeah 
That's killer. Well, let's talk about you're from Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and then you start getting into filming snowboarding and getting sponsored. What did that look like? What was your first, um, you know, sharpening your teeth, your your first preliminary parts you were putting out? Who was that with? Uh, with Peep Show. Yep. And I met them when I went to Miss Super Park at Snow Summit. Um, ran into them there, and we ended up, they invited me to go. I think the first trip I went on with them was maybe to Tahoe. Had some wooden handrails. <laughs> Learned quickly that you shouldn't try to go sideways on those. Uh, yeah, and then we did, the first video was Let's Make Better Mistakes Tomorrow. And then the second one was Winter Wars. And that was with June and... Este. Este. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those videos are awesome. Yeah. Give them an air horn for those. So how many parts did you end up filming with Peep Show? Those two. Those two. Got it. And okay. then after that was Too Hard, which Danielle started because June and Este stopped making videos. And then a bit of a break. <laughs> and then The Uninvited. And back in the day, you, you used to be an air doc too. Yeah. I used to really like jumping. I still really like jumping, but I feel like I kind of got pushed into more of the street stuff just because it was more accessible and that's what most of the girls were doing that I knew. Mm-hmm. Now I got to ask as a, you know, coming up, um, a younger, younger woman in snowboarding, who, who are your big, who's your big inspiration as you're, as you're coming through? Uh, Leanne Pelosi, I was obsessed with her and then Laura Hadar, Desiree was huge. Yeah. All right, this is a good time for a guest question from none other than Jess Kimura. Here we go. Hi, Dara. Friend and roommate Jess Kimura here. Um, I just kind of want to ask a butt question because I feel like these guys would be not so inclined to ask a butt question. So um, I feel like you kind of have a famous butt, and I'm not necessarily speaking in like a um, sexual way, more like a uh, strength way. Um, could you speak about your butt a little bit and how you feel about it? Benefits? Drawbacks? Thank you, Jess. Uh, thank you for not speaking about my butt in a sexual way, only in a physical way. Um, I don't know what to say. Well, pros and cons. She's kind of was asking. Okay, okay. Cons, um, I have to get all of my pants altered because uh, the butt to waist ratio is tricky. Um, I, I can't think of any, pr- I mean, I guess there's, you're in the nest, you're in the trust tree. Yeah, this is <laughs> a safe place. This is a safe, you're in, you're in a safe space. I, to be honest, it's taken me a really long time to be comfortable with my butt. <laughs> so, um, I, I like it now. I hated it for a long time. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. It's, uh, it's, it's <laughs> well, I feel like a lot of the power <laughs> is it like it, again non-sexual way is in the cheeks when it comes to when it comes to landing, landing right? like yeah. i spend a lot of time on the squat rack right and it's like <laughs> you in order to do a squat you, you the cheeks are uh are, are crucial for that so from a performance standpoint it's got to be beneficial i'd imagine yeah i spend a lot of time on the squat rack as well and i think it's important to have strength and power in the legs um I don't know if the butt is so much a result of the time I spend in the gym or just a genetic thing. I've kind of always had it. Uh, but yeah, I guess a pro. <laughs> I guess a pro would be the 
the strength <laughs> and the land. <laughs> I don't know if it helps me land anything. <laughs> There's like a weight distribution thing that might be a hindering. I I don't know. <laughs> I wish we had a scientist. We could uh, yeah, we could question in about studio this. scientists to get us some some answers. We have to maybe do a study on that and get back. Yeah. What do you think, Jess? Do you have anything else? Jess is actually in the studio. You have anything to add about that? Um, no, I feel like it definitely has to help you land and prevent injuries. It has not helped prevent injuries. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of those. The amount of slams that you've taken yeah, and not actually died. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was incredible. You're I think strength is really important for injury prevention. And it, although I have suffered quite a few injuries, it's probably helped me not... It's probably yeah, maybe you would have had more, right? Yeah, exactly. So let's while we're on on the topic, let's just dive in because I know you've been you've gotten fucked up like knees, like your like four how, knee surgeries. Is that the? Um, I've had four ACL injuries. ACLs. One was a partial, so there was only three surgeries. Had three knee surgeries. Well, let's keep going down the laundry list. You got any other notable injuries? I've had. I mean, I can't even really count how many times I've broken my wrists or hands or. Um, ankles you can't feet. even count no i don't i couldn't tell you um i've broken i broke my wrist once really badly a long time ago and then i wore a wrist brace for a long time i broke my arm where the wrist brace was so i stopped wearing the wrist brace i broke my other like it's just it was ongoing for a long time laundry list the joke in my family is that i never go home to visit without being in some sort of cast or crutches or something mm. maybe there's a like your your you know, family's hoping for you to get destroyed so they can hang out, and that's like... I think my mom secretly does hope that. <laughs> <laughs> how do you deal with all the injuries? I've definitely learned how to deal with them better. Um, I try to, like, I was just, I just broke my foot in the summer, and I think I handled it really well. I tried to, you have to find, like, the things that you can do while other things have been taken away from you. So I took some courses online, I took a pottery class like just whatever to keep myself busy and trying to make the best out of that time now i gotta ask your first few times getting hurt it's like when you don't know how to deal with it like were you were you losing your shit yes <laughs> um yeah there was some spirals some downward spirals yeah did you have any did you have any like <clears throat> not good because i know like for me personally with injuries i've had some like not i've been some in dark some, times some, yeah some times where i had not enjoyable periods of time while being hurt did you ever experience anything like that yeah I've experienced lots of dark times I don't know if it <laughs> I don't know if they were because of the injuries or if that was just like something that compounded and <laughs> but uh yeah you definitely enter like a pretty negative headspace um it's hard to pull yourself out of that when you don't have your usual tools like snowboarding or exercising or stuff like that but uh it's it's an interesting one because it's like for for me for so long it's like my only quote unquote therapy or whatever it's, it was snowboarding it's like all right I, and then my maybe my only exercise maybe my only sense of self worth to get out of bed in the morning you know you take maybe that away, really right? if you fucking all of everything comes from somewhere so when that's taken away you're like okay fuck fucking depression mode skip let's turn that up <laughs> and uh, I don't know it just seems like. That's a common theme for a lot of snowboarders. Yeah, you can get pretty lost. There was a period of time where I was injured for probably two years consecutively, and I could probably pinpoint that as like the lowest I've been in my, um, you know, in my ups and downs. 
Okay, and then as far as the road to recovery, because we get messages from people listening all the time. They're like, "Oh, what advice do you have? I just, I just fucked my knee up. Like, how, how should I, how should I come back? Do you have any advice, like maybe for the physical part of recovery for listeners? Take it slow, have patience, and then I work really hard at recovering injuries. Like, you have to go to the physical therapy, and you have to also find a physical therapist that understands what you're trying to do and where you're trying to get, and and then you just have to put your head down and work hard until you're back to 100%. You can't just stay in bed or stay on the couch. you got to get out there, huh? No. You're allowed to have a couple days of feeling sorry for yourself on the couch, and then you got to <laughs> get to work feeling get, better get physically and moving. mentally. Yeah. But there's also the fine, the fine, uh, the fine balance of not like blowing yourself out too early on the comeback. Like people, you, yeah. you start feeling okay. I think I'm good. Getting too antsy. That's that comes with age too. I think is mm-hmm. having that. Re- it's almost like the restraint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've learned a lot over the years of <laughs> how to deal with the injuries. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you had like that break in snowboarding. Was that because of injuries or? Kind of. Yeah, I got hurt so many times in a row, and then. At the same time, I got dropped by a lot of sponsors, and I was just in a really bad place mentally, and I couldn't really do it anymore. I was, yeah. So, you know, especially when you're younger, in your early 20s, or whatever age you were at this point, like, so much of your self-worth, and or I, I'm, I'd be speaking for myself, so much of my self-worth was dependent on me as a snowboarder, and when you got dropped by, I think it was Nitro and L1, like, what, what effect did that have on you? That must have been tough. Yeah, uh, I mean, I already didn't have any self-worth at that time. Um, and then getting dropped by them, mm, I feel like I I understood why they didn't want to continue the relationship, but the way they went about ending it, um, I don't have really anything nice to say <laughs> about that situation, so maybe I'll just leave it at that. In addition to that, too, like uh, getting cut when you're hurt is also like a kick in the, a double kick in double the ball kick. sack. It's always sucks when it's like a short-term investment in a, I don't want to say investment, that's a weird term, but like when a brand only comes in for a short term, then cuts you when you're hurt, that's never a, never a good look. It was pretty devastating. Um, and I had worked really hard, again, to rehab those injuries, and I felt like I was going to pick it up where I left off. And at the same time, I had, I had made some mistakes <laughs> in my career at that time. I was very young when I... Uh, I mean, no younger than kids are these age, but there's some things looking back that I definitely did wrong and I wish I could, I don't want to say I wish I could redo them because I'm happy with how everything turned out and I'm really stoked where I am now, but uh, I understand why they no longer (laughs) wanted to work with me for sure, Um, but just the way they went about it was pretty devastating. I got two Dr. Phil style questions in addition. Um, First things first, if you could go back and say, give yourself some young advice to your younger self. If you're like, saw yourself when you're young, you're, you could say something to yourself. What do you think you would say uh, to that person at that time? I think I would say just strap in and snowboard. I, <laughs> I spent so like, I remember going on those first few trips uh, when I was filming for peep show with Desiree and I was so stuck in my head feeling like I um, didn't deserve to be there. or I wasn't good enough to, have the opportunities that I was having I just like froze and I didn't really snowboard that much like or at all really uh on those trips so I wish I could go back and tell myself to at least try (laughs) um 
That almost sounds like what some people might call imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. which is a con- common uh, thing we hear amongst our guests. Like, like you feel like, did you feel like you didn't deserve to be there? Mm-hmm, big time. But you were there because you were invited. There was a reason you were there. It People was, have to remember that, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was really strange going from watching Desiree in the videos that I loved and then going on trips with her. And she's in the van next to you. Yeah, and uh, and then I just had, I was so caught up in feeling insecure and uncomfortable, and I just let it kind of take over. Wow, that's, yeah, that's great advice for, I think, any any uh, younger kid. And, and earlier you for the Patreon interview, we asked you best advice you've ever received, and I thought you had a great answer. From Keenan. oh yeah, I said um, stop overthinking, just don't think so much. Just and something that I when I started filming parts again, I told myself to like at least just like try, just jump on the spot, just you know. And if it's if it doesn't feel like it's gonna work out, but like at least I have to hit it a couple times. Like, no more of this just, like, sitting out, like, oh, this spot, you can have it. <laughs> yeah, totally. At least try, right? Mm-hmm. I always felt like the, the agony of, like, of like I should have tried that is always worse than, like, going home being completely fucking bodied. Yeah. You know, like, when, at least if you get destroyed, you're you're feeling like, all right, well, I fucking, I had to go at that, you know? Yeah. But, um. <laughs> it's kind of like this bomb hole episode. I was like, at least try. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> No, you're you're absolutely killing it, and it also goes back to um, uh, when I think about like four, the four agreements, which is kind of like a uh, kind of corny. Whatever, I love s- that self- book, but it's like one one of the agreements is like always do your best, mm-hmm. and that's like if you show up and you always do your best, you're not going to be you're not going to be bumming. Yeah, and exactly. no one else is going to be bummed too. Everyone's going to be stoked, you know. Yeah, giving it a try. Yeah, if I can feel good about trying my hardest and doing everything I can to. Yeah, do my best, then mm-hmm. that's really all I There's can ask actually, myself. I got this Larry Bird uh, from a listener that he gave me this, but uh, he has a famous quote that says, I have this theory that if you show up and you give 100% all the time, everything will work out. Something along those lines. I might have butchered that, but uh, it's fucking good advice, though, because it is, it is really easy to get paralyzed. What you're talking about is like being paralyzed in the van. Like maybe mm-hmm. you don't get out and hit one spot, and then you're like, ah, and you like your confidence Snowballs, gets like right? stuck. Like yeah. you get like, you can get like in a, whereas like sometimes you just got to get out of the van and just get fucking destroyed and <laughs> just to get back in and be like, all right, well, yeah. maybe we'll, we had to go with that. Just jump on it, get that first bail out of the way. And then it's all up from there. Usually and you got to break <laughs> the ice sometimes. Just get on a small rail, whatever it takes yeah. just to get the momentum going. Yeah. It's like, I think you guys have talked about those trips yeah. where nothing is happening for so long and you're kind of losing your mind and then you just have to get jump something. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause if you jump on nothing, everyone's starting to think what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're a vet at this point with, with video parts and you know, something with experience you can't really teach. You, you, you can't teach somebody who's their first or second year. It takes time. What are, what are some of the things you've learned from filming a bunch of video parts over the years? What have you gotten better at? I don't know if I'd call myself a vet, but uh, well, we'll do that for you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I think I feel like just in the last couple of years, I've learned how to like mentally handle a snowboard <laughs> rail trip. There's a lot that you have to be okay with, and uh, I think I've just kind of figured that out. It's taken me a long time. Probably most people learn quicker than I did, but um, the biggest thing is to just not give up. Like they get those trips get so hard and shitty and like 
you're, you're not, you're getting kicked out of spots or you're not, the, the snow is melted and all of a sudden you have to drive like five hours to the next place. And just, if you just hang on a little longer, something good is always going to happen, but you can't give up. Fucking A, that's great advice. <laughs> advice. That's beautiful. And the one thing I do got to say, uh, I got to give you some admiration for um, a lot of, you see a lot of snowers as they get, as they, you know, mature in their career, they're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to ride powder now, you know, but you didn't turn your fucking back on the steel. <laughs> I got to give you an air horn for that, you know? Um, so I, I appreciate it. You Thank know, you. <laughs> cause you went and bought an expensive sled, right? And I did. <laughs> still kept one fit in the streets. That's, yeah. That's respectable. I did. I bought a brand new sled last year. Um, and I love riding powder and snowmobiling is insane, but I feel like there's still a few more things I want to accomplish in the streets. I haven't really, um, yeah, I'm, I don't know if I'll ever accomplish what I want to, but I got to, I'm not quite done there yet so I just want to do both and the goal and the dream would be to film like a really well-rounded like 50-50 part so I'll just chase after that for a little oh, while Oh she's longer. chasing the dragon. Chasing the dragon. <laughs> yeah. For the opus part. I love <laughs> it. It's, like a, dr- it's like a drug addict basically. You're just yeah. like oh my god like I just gotta get the I gotta get the part. The 50-50 it's perfect a, part. Yeah p- perfect mix of backcountry powder. Kink Those are bangers. rare. Yeah but it's good it keeps you uh keeps you fucking motivated to uh Keep going when you have that that uh, it's the the eternal quest for the Opus video part. Yeah, I kind of liked it last year going back and forth between backcountry and street stuff. I felt like I could apply things that I was doing in the backcountry to street spots. Like, okay, this is fine. It's just like that cliff drop I did the other day, except there's concrete and but you just close your eyes and jump off of it. It's kind of the same thing. I don't know if that that's makes true. Any that, sense. I think that's true. <laughs> Close your eyes and jump off. Is that is that good advice? For <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Open them before you land. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah. I'm curious to know how, after your break, how did you get back into snowboarding? What pulled you back in? I think I was pretty lost for a couple of years there. I was living in Vancouver, trying out some different things, and then I was so unhappy there, and I decided to move back to Whistler. And I was I was snowboarding, but I wasn't like I wasn't filming anything or putting anything out and then actually it was Danielle who hit me up I hadn't talked to her in years and she said she was coming to Whistler and she asked me if I wanted to yeah jib girl right (laughs) yes jib girl um she asked me if I wanted to film a park edit with her and Maria and I was like well I haven't really tried very hard at snowboarding in the last little while or filmed anything but Sure. Um, so we filmed a couple spring park edits in Whistler and then we did camp of champions and filmed edits there. And it was, it was so sick watching, um, her and Maria, like they work so hard and they were doing all these crazy tricks and I was just trying to keep up and it was really motivating. And I think that's, and then I filmed for her movie. What was that one called? Goat, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I got back into it. Yeah. Those girls could get you get you hyped huh? yeah Yeah, trying to keep up with them like um kept me uh working hard (laughs) there's there's old saying the absence uh adds to the romance absence makes the heart grow fonder yeah yeah is this an absence (laughs) makes the heart grow fonder with snowboarding scenario i think so i think i really needed the break to um to realize that i loved it and like to understand more about myself and what i needed to make sure that i uh enjoyed what i was doing rather than freaking out all the time yeah no burnout you're like do it for the right reasons realign that's Mm -hmm. sick excited all over again right yeah yeah now i also have a note here that um you are a yoga god (laughs) a yogi um 
I don't think uh, you're supposed to call anyone a yoga god. A yoga <laughs> Not a term? Heavy yogist? Is it what a yogist? Yeah, what do we call a... A yeah. yogi? You could call a, yogi. a yogi. A yogi, okay. <laughs> All right. So what made, you, what made you dive into that? Uh, I started practicing yoga after one of my injuries. Um, it always appealed to me. It seems like a healthy thing to do. And I just got really into it. I wanted to learn more about it. I wanted to understand why at the beginning of the classes we were oming or why we were doing certain poses and like before other poses. So uh, I decided to take a teacher training just to learn more. And I ended up working at a yoga studio and I've taken more training since then. And I just love yoga. It's, I don't want to sound too cl- cliche, but it's like, I think it's the best thing for I, anyone should do yoga. <laughs> All right. Give us, sell us on it. Sell us on the yoga. What are the benefits? Um, okay. Well, it's great physically for the body, working on flexibility, strength and balance. And I want to also point out that it's not just a stretching thing. There's also a lot of like power and strength involved in yoga. And then for the mind, like it, it really helped me a lot with, um, I guess, like calming the mind chatter. There's the old know, mental chirping. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I believe it's called the vritti in yoga terms. Just all the shit going on in there. You kind of learn to get a handle on that. That inner voice is kind of mean, huh? So mean. Mine's <laughs> awful. Yeah. <laughs> you never say to another person in your life, but yeah. your mind uses it's the meanest shit, but you'll say it to yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But going back to what you were just saying um about yoga i know i mean i i uh, i'm a kind of closeted yogi you could say i do it intermittently but i noticed the ones that are really good for me are when the teacher is like getting me on my breath shit where i'm like the i'm actually like doing it the moves with the breath and then i get like this kind of fucking high i feel like i'm high on drugs sometimes i'm glad you brought that up i keep trying to convince jess that she should do some breath work because it's been such a game changer for me i just finished like a, a 50 hour um respiratory let's give me an air horn for that <laughs> uh like a breath work and respiratory course and um yeah it's it's like you you like you can change like the chemistry going on in your brain with breath work it's really pretty powerful would you be willing to demonstrate any breath work into the microphone oh, right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but <laughs> but I will share like the, I think one of the more interesting things I learned from that course is like breathing through the different nostrils. So I never even thought of that left and right. I can't even do it. Well, if you like, so if you, oh, okay, you got to hold one. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's a, there's, a type of breath work in yoga. Before, but it's usually <laughs> yeah, there's usually activity. when I use one nostril, it was cocaine. there's usually something. Yeah, but I, just, I don't know if that's technically breath work. But anyway, that's continue. Sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. That's okay. <laughs> um, okay, so breathing through the individual nostrils, like each side, to stimulates like the alternate like hemisphere of the brain. So if you breathe specifically or just through your left nostril, it stimulates the right hemisphere of your brain, which then activates your parasympathetic nervous system. And basically, if you're like running anxious like I do, it's something that can help calm you down. And it's just like, it's so simple. It's just like inhales and exhales through the left nostril while you plug Only the, right the left. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Pro tip. How's that left I nostril? I hope I explained uh, that properly, but. I don't really do it anymore, but back when I used to do powder activities, I could never do it through 
the you're, left nostril. You're not an ambi, ambi nostril. I'm, all, I'm a single nostril single no, okay. snorter. No, single, single snort. Okay. It's interesting. I, there might be some deeper. Yeah, I wonder. That. That's what I was <laughs> just thinking. Maybe yeah. there's maybe lean into that. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about your chi- Do you want to talk about your childhood? Or? <laughs> I wasn't doing it when I was a child, actually, but. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was more mid oh god twenties okay. yeah. yeah I was just gonna go deep dive psychology <laughs> on you um, I do have to say um, my personal experiences I've done I have a, a Thai massage uh, lady shout out to Sharla I'm gonna give her an air horn but um, she uh, she did breath work for me one time because she's like hey uh, by the way I also do breath work and I'm like fucking kind of a skeptic honestly I was like what am I I'm fucking breathing no I want to like get I want to stretch like I want to want to be able to grab indie because it's like hard now because i'm fucking old so anyway um she uh she does the breath work for me and i had like this like out of body like i felt like like high straight up you know and it's so funny because you think like my mind goes like this i'm like i need to do fucking ayahuasca or like whatever all these mind expansive things that you think which i haven't done but like what i would like to do when really it's all just it's all just in there if we breathe which is Mm -hmm. kind of fascinating yeah there's different styles you probably did like a more active like kundalini style of breath work thing but I I try to do breath work every morning most mornings and I feel like it just sets me up for the day to be more clear-minded and able to like handle things as they come and uh do you apply it to your snowboarding at all not yet I mean I can add to that too if you think about really if you're like at the top of a run and you're all tense just like you said you have anxious energy like yeah like natural Xanax is to take a couple deep breaths basically yeah 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 exactly if you're like standing on top of something and you're really scared to to do it if you just like take a moment to even just like a really long exhale to calm down that could be helpful in a snowboarding situation I haven't applied it yet but yeah Hundred uh, percent. Who do we have on that was talking about? They had some crazy. Had a couple. Oh, Mike Hucker. Yeah, yeah. He like straight got to a crazy place with it. Mm-hmm. He was with Wim Hof, I think. Mm-hmm. And they had him do it until he basically was almost gonna like losing breath. Like hold your breath as long as you can, and then hold it another like couple minutes longer than that. And he got to some crazy place where he was hallucinating. Mm-hmm. You can get really high off. Yeah. Of breath. He said it was the highest he'd <laughs> yeah. ever been off of any substance but he was higher that's cool doing his breath work (laughs) and another thing too i think it was cool you're talking about like quieting the mind chatter which is like essentially meditation which is i try to do it and i'm like fuck my brain like it just doesn't shut off but it's like it's not Mm -hmm. about being good at it right it's just like yeah kind of just quieting it you're never gonna shut your brain up completely like thoughts are always gonna come and go meditating is really hard that's i don't i'm working on that but i think with the breath work it's you kind of achieve the same thing, but you have something to focus on. So if you're focusing on your inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, then there's not space to be thinking about what you're stressing about, mm-hmm. right? Which also goes back. I'm going to get fucking, I'm going to keep going on the deep train here. Let's just stay on this. But I've just read this book. It's kind of self-helpy, but it's called The Power of Now. And it's essentially about being like rapid like massively present Mm -hmm. and really like when you're when you're thinking about your things that have happened in the past or think like things in the future you know past generally being grief future being anxiety um those things are kind of the root of a lot of our problems but when you're actually just enjoying what's happening it's like when you have a problem and you're thinking about doing it it fucking sucks when you actually go deal with it it's not that big of a deal i find the same thing when i'm gonna hit like if i'm like should i hit this big jump should i hit this rail the fucking indecision is torturous. But the minute that you're like, I'm going to fucking hit this thing. You're like, okay, 
I'm actually kind of chill. I'm like, I calm down. Do, have you ever experienced that like kind of situation with overthinking it and then accepting? <laughs> like, I guess you call it a it's some type of. It's basically acceptance, is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know where to go. With this. No, I'm going deep. It's okay. <laughs> um, have I ever experienced overthinking things to the point of indecisiveness? Yeah, of course, all the time. I get paralyzed. <laughs> like I overthink things so much that I can't move, and then nothing is accomplished. But it all comes back to like that present, the breath kind of thing ties it back together. Where you're like, okay, in this moment right now, things are okay. Yeah, and we usually create these scenarios in our minds where. I guess it's called catastrophizing, right? Is that the word for it? Um, and it's never as bad as we imagine it to be, usually. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Thinking about it's always worse than doing it. That's been my, uh, mm-hmm. that's been a, a mantra I've always thought about. Now, I think uh, it could be a good time to change gears and, and talk about, you know, um, your experience. You know, I think it's always good to shed light on, like, your experience coming up in snowboarding as a woman, as a female, as, a, as it's different from coming up as a dude, like what are, what were, um, you know, as your experience, did you, did you think you had like difficulties that were more hard, bigger hurdles than, than, um, you know, the, not that the dudes have, but like, do you think there's some unfair hurdles for women coming up in snowboarding? Yeah. I, I, when I was coming up as a woman, it was different than it is now. Uh, I think there was just less opportunities for, for me like it was I remember I moved out to Whistler with all those guys that I mentioned earlier and they all went on to have these video projects to film for and and it never occurred to them or me to include me in any of that Um, which is strange thinking back now like why why wasn't there anything for me to film for until I met those girls that did peep show there was there was nothing so that was a, that was hard, and then I think also when I was growing up, I always I felt like women snowboarding was kind of, like it was a thing to be made fun of. Like it was really hard for me to be taken seriously, and then I internalized a lot of that, and then I never took myself seriously, and um, it uh, formed who I am today in a in a huge way. It created a lot of like low self-confidence and yeah my lens is what i see the world through but buds and i have similar lenses it's from that of a dude so it's like i love the way i learn is through getting like hearing through other people's experiences so to understand you know and and it's like i don't think as a dude we never felt as though our snowboarding wasn't taken seriously i mean granted I like to be a fucking idiot. So it's like not taking myself seriously in a lot of ways. But like when it comes to snowboarding, I don't think it was like these guys think we're a joke or anything like that. Yeah. I, I feel like I grew up with like an understanding that my snowboarding would never be as good as the guys and I didn't deserve anything. And I really took that belief and <laughs> went with it. And it sucks because it's held me back a lot. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here in this and just say, like, I, I got to ask, you know, if you look at MFR, um, she's putting out incredible video t- parts that are taken very seriously. Um, there, You know, the list goes on with women's parts that were coming out around that time. But so do you feel like that's a, a real valid thought or do you feel like uh, that was something that was 
was real? I mean, that's that's a tough question, but maybe you can prove me wrong on this. And I mean, I don't know if the list really does go on beyond <laughs> MFR. Like, there weren't that many um, women being included in projects at the time. At the, recently, I was looking through, my friend had a box of, like, I don't know how many snowboard videos. I want to say 100, maybe more. And I went through all of them to try to pick out, like, how many girls' parts there were. Like, I don't know the exact number, but let's say let's say there was a hundred videos, and let's say each video had ten parts to make it easy. So how many parts is that? <laughs> to a, uh, a thousand. Thousand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I think out of that, there was probably five or six girls' parts. Does out that of a thousand, there was five. That seems outrageous, but I don't. Does that? It's yeah. It seems crazy, but. Um, and then I can think of specific examples too. Like I remember when I was kind of entering into the being a sponsored snowboarder, I remember talking to a team manager and a well-known member of that snowboard team and telling them like, I want to film video parts. And they were like, Oh, you don't want to do contests. You want to film video parts? Like you want to like do it like the boys do it? I was like, what? Wow. Why would, like, I want to film video parts. Like, I don't do contests. And they tried to encourage me to, like, go the contest route because girls didn't film video parts. Like, that's fucked up. <laughs> Why don't we film video parts? We do now, but at the time, there weren't that many people, there weren't that many girls doing it. Do you feel like it's uh, made some steps in the right direction? Yeah, there's, it's so different. This year, there are so many girls' parts. It's so rad. Um, I think it's definitely getting better. I think there's still room for improvement, but <laughs> let's let's lean into that. Where where is there where is the room for improvement? I just want to see girls getting more support to do what they're doing. So a message to all the all the brands out there. Yeah, support women. Support equals cash. Yeah, we need more cash for these women to make it happen. We're all doing it because we love it, but we can't keep putting out better and better video parts with, well, we still have to balance making money to pay rent, to pay our rent. Like it's not fair to compare a guy's video part. Who's getting full support, has the whole winter to do it, has a whole crew to a girl's video part. Who's balancing three other jobs and doesn't have anyone to help her. It's not like we need to get, yeah, you don't have the same tools. Yeah. And that's, that's a good thing to, to lean on too, because you've, basically funded your whole snowboard career, right? You've always worked through, like, you know, you've always worked to snowboard, right? Yeah, I have, which I don't mind. I, I love snowboarding and I don't mind spending my money on doing what I love, but I, I do mind missing opportunities because I have to go work at a sushi restaurant in Whistler. So you don't want to lose your job and yeah. go on a trip, come back to nothing. And yeah, yeah. Like there were even times this winter where I had to, turn down opportunities to go snowmobiling because you never know if you're going to make it back in time to get to the 4 p.m. shift. So I mind that part of it. Yeah, that's good. It's good. Chances are you won't make it back by four, right? Yeah, no. Chances are Jess is going to have her snowmobile stuck in a fucking tree <laughs> well. Chances are Jess is going to be, be upside down. <laughs> 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 you're going to get out of there at 7 o'clock, probably. Yeah. Um, that's, all. yeah, that's great. Great message. Great to shed light on that stuff too. And um, I don't want to, like, I'm very grateful. I, I'm, I don't want to sound like an asshole. I'm grateful for what I get. And I'm not talking, even talking about myself specifically. I want all the girls out there 
who deserve support to have mm-hmm. adequate support. Well, it <laughs> seems like some brands brands are doing better than others, right? Would you say some that? brands are definitely doing better than others? Yep. <laughs> Going back to what you're just talking about with uh, kind of working and supporting yourself through the winter, I know that you lived in a camper for uh, an entire winter, <coughs> and um, it's funny because it's I, I think it, I think it's interesting because you see this like fucking camper life, like hashtag fucking influencer shit that people do. And like, I just want to live in a van, man. I'm just like, just going to live in the van and just go. And uh, anyway, it fucking annoys the shit out of me. But you it's actually seemed like it was for necessity, right? Just because it's so goddamn expensive in, in Whistler. Why why'd you live in a, in a camper all winter? Yeah, it's so expensive in Whistler. And I was tired of spending so much money renting a shitty room in a shitty house and not being able to do anything else with my money because it was all going to rent. So um, I bought a truck and I put a camper on the back of it. And I actually lived in it for two winters, I think. Two years, yeah. Um, And it's not glamorous. It was not as glamorous as I would have thought based on all those Instagram influencers. (laughs) But it was like a means to an end. And I was able to travel a lot more that winter and save money. And I'm so glad I did it. I would never, ever do it again. I I really learned the value of having my own kitchen and my own bathroom. (laughs) But, yeah. That's the biggest thing is the bathroom, I feel like. Yeah, at the time I was working at the yoga studio, so it was I had access to that. So that's kind of how I managed that. What about gear drying? Does it dry overnight enough? Uh, Is it always all moisture in the yeah. Every everything was always wet, but I did have like a a little wood stove in there, uh, so it's um, a dry heat. Yeah, so that did okay. And then sometimes I would store my wet gear at one of my jobs, which they didn't love, but. <laughs> In desperate times, I would just leave it there overnight. Well, that's what's fucking awesome, though. Like, talk about that, like, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, diehard snowboarder, as Jenna refers to you. It's like, <laughs> if you're living in a goddamn camper all winter and going to the bathroom in a yoga studio so you can snowboard more, like, goddamn, that's that's the type of people that need more support, you know, and doing it because you love it. It's fucking awesome. Like, let's give you an air horn for that. <laughs> Thank you. Any means necessary to shred, basically, which is yeah, which is cool. Right, what what are the pro? We talk about the cons. What are the pros though of living in the van aside from financial? I don't know if there is any other pros. <laughs> it was it's something that I really always wanted to try. So I'm glad it was it was I'm not going to say it was fun. It was really hard, um, but yeah, just some of the, that was the only pro having being able to snowboard more and travel more and not being, having more so, money. Yeah, not being financially stressed. So Can much. you park wherever you want up there? <laughs> no. That's an issue too, so you're always moving around <laughs> yeah. and finagling. Yeah. I had like five spots that I kind of rotated and none of them were very good. And like sometimes I'd just get lazy and park and there's like the day lots in Whistler and then I'd wake up to the snow plow at like four in the like Oof. sleeping was never great in the camper. Not in the winter anyways. That's rough. Yeah, the anxiety of knowing somebody's going to come yeah. like yeah. knock on your Who's window. Who's waking you're, you up at yeah. 3.30 or 4. You're never going to sleep well with that. Yeah, and I did wake up to security <laughs> once in a while banging on Making the door. Making you move. Yeah. All right, That's I'm going to get into a uh, guest question from none other than Sean Genovese. Here we go. Hey, Dara. I have a two-part question for you. But first, I wanted to say thank you for all that you do on your snowboard past and present uh, especially your video parts it made 
making your pro model a no-brainer for us. Um, all the hard work that you put into video parts especially weighed on that. And that's a part of my question. Um, is there a video part through the years that stands out the most in your mind that you're the most proud of? And is there a maybe a shot in one of those parts that stands out that you know to this day makes you proud or brings up a really good memory um yeah curious to hear your answer thanks thanks jenna <laughs> thanks for the pro model <laughs> um yeah i think probably this most recent part is the one that i'm most proud of uh faced quite a few challenges <laughs> filming it so i'm happy i it's like uh we were talking about earlier like i feel like i did the best I pot I worked hard and I did the best I could and um I'm proud of it and I can think of two spots that I'm the most proud of one of them is a rock in Whistler that was in the uninvited two and it was a cab 270 and that shot took a couple days and it was a battle and I'm proud of it and it was also insane that I, <laughs> I remember I had to work at four that day and I we were running out of time and I went to the top and I threw my shovel down because I was like I gotta go to work <laughs> this is like I gotta get there and it just happened right then and it was crazy um and then another spot which is in the un the first uninvited there's a it's a spot in Quebec it's um like a down ledge to like a under bridge creeper thing and I had seen that spot a couple years before but I was on a trip on that trip I had a blown knee and so I wasn't really trying to do anything too with too much impact so I was like I'm going to save this and I'm going to come back to it and we went back and that was another like multiple day situation so I'm proud of those two spots probably more than any other those are bangers um let's get into uh we almost skipped over a uh, fan favorite of the show uh and that is what we like to call Name That Video Part. Name That Video Part is brought to you by our friends over at Mammoth Mountain. As you know, I've been riding Mammoth for a long time. Their parks are incredible. It's midwinter, early season, late season. I like them in the spring the best. Slushy, park laps, chair six. You're chucking roast. The park crew over there does the best job out of any park crew in the country. I'm sorry if you're a member of the park crew and you disagree, but they really do kill it over there. And uh, what else, bud? Uh, I've been riding Mammoth since the early 1600s. Yes, you have, yeah. <laughs> Before electricity, horse and, wa yeah. horse and buggy. We area. used to have to walk up that mountain until they did. installed the lifts okay. come uh, the early 1800s. Yep. But uh, what I like about it is peak season on Mount operates eight different parks, three different half pipes, so something for all skill levels. Absolutely. If you're learning to uh, jump a tabletop for the first time, rip some groomers. Or if you want to go back 10 and land directly on your back halfway down the landing, it's perfect for it's all abilities. for everybody. Levels. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, one thing that's cool, we're giving away four lift tickets to Mammoth with this name, that video part. So if you know what it is, comment on Instagram. And uh, again, thanks for supporting the show, Mammoth. They support us. You should support them. How are you feeling on, on uh, NTVP? I feel pretty nervous, but I think you guys do research and usually kind of hook people up, so maybe I'll be okay. 
<laughs> try to we try to make our our guests look. We don't want to make you look bad out here. I have a really bad memory, so I don't, we'll see. All right, confidence level is zero through ten. We got to ask. I'm gonna say five. That's pretty good for me. Yeah. <laughs> Middle of the road. Solid. That's a solid number, huh, buds? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Oh, I Uh-oh. don't know. <laughs> oh, this is bad. This Uh-oh. is bad. This could be. This is. This is. This could be a bad scenario. This you. is just based on the genre. Like I want to guess Geno. <laughs> you're close, but you're not correct. This is bad. Oh, this shit. is bad. Is it Jess? <laughs> yeah, Ooh. yeah, it is. Yeah, Jess is here in studio too. Wow, Jess, uh, do you want to? <laughs> that was my second. How do you feel? You want to say something into the mic? Dead to me, Dara. She's, Shit. oh, wow. I heard she wasn't going to be allowed in the uh, the condo tonight. Oh. <laughs> sleep in the poo. The, I heard you guys had some diarrhea on the Je- toilet okay. seat. No, neither of us had diarrhea. Jess had it. Jess. <laughs> Maybe Jess did. <laughs> for yourself. It was the Airbnb owner, huh? <laughs> she called me yesterday and she's like, I have an emergency. You need to get here now. And I was like, holy fuck, what's going on? So I'm like, ride my, ride Jeff's bike over and I'm like, what the fuck could be happening? I'm worried. And I get there and she's like, it was just somebody, the prior Airbnb person had had a, a blowout and it was, it was Likely not, story. it was not well cleaned and yeah. we <laughs> closed that bathroom off and Jess is not impressed with me for using her bathroom in the Airbnb, but. Didn't she try to get you to clean it? I thought she said she tried to get you to clean it. N- there's no way. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, well Jess, I owe you a lot, but I have. I draw the line. <laughs> what uh, what kind of review is this Airbnb going to get after the, the shit stained uh, toilet? <laughs> I say I would say like this is would be my review. I'd say like uh, great, great. No, I'd say great, great. I uh, love the hot tub. Great stay. The gym was good. Gym's great. Yeah. Just watch diarrhea. out for the diarrhea all over the toilet. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> Five star right. review. Yeah. Toilet lid or whatever it is. Yep. I'm so sorry I didn't get that. I just have a bad memory but i bet it was probably one of my favorite parts ever <laughs> seems like it was it really you really gonna give her a participation award yeah oh yeah we got a <laughs> you do have a you got some merch um this is all bomb hole merch wow uh we just Thank ran out of you. coolers i'm so sorry um it's okay this is sweet yeah <laughs> but we do have merch it's all available at bombhole.com we got some sweatpants in there a crew neck a hoodie uh, what else? Probably a mug. There may or may not be sweatpants. No, there is sweatpants. Jules, I think, loaded that thing up, so you'll have to ask her. Uh, I just got to ask, what do you think this is going to do with your guys' friendship now that you didn't get yeah. this name that video part? Are you worried? Or I mean, I'm constantly disappointed. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll get past this. <laughs> okay, good to know. All right, for, solid. For part two, uh, also a women's video part, this is uh, for the listeners. If you guys know the part, comment. On Dara's photo on Instagram when this comes out, and the first person to comment will get a prize back. Also, you're going to get uh, four lift tickets from uh, the people over at Mammoth, if you get this right. And do a little vacay, huh, buds? Yeah, four lift tickets. You can bring your friends, maybe some fam. Yeah, friends or fam. option, Or you could bring a complete stranger and be like, hey, you want to go to Mammoth? Dude, make someone's day in a lot. That'd be sick. Okay, here we go. Okay, thank you guys for playing. Name that video part.
All right, let's keep the game show theme going with uh, Pub Beer Crapshoot, huh, Buds? <laughs> What's going on? What are you chugging there, Buds? Chugging a, uh, or about to be chugging a nice, clean, smooth pub beer. Mm. Cheap, fun beer. Yeah, that's their uh, tagline, cheap, fun beer. They should add delicious, too. Yeah, the cheap, fun, delicious beer. Maybe we could run it by marketing, see yeah. if they can change it. Change that hashtag up. It's mm-hmm. cheap, it's fun, it's smooth, it's clean. What would you say the uh, like a sports drink, the pros though. of drinking that that uh, beer are for you right it's now? It's all pro, no con. There's right no here. cons. No okay, cons. noted. Well, you know, like I like to say, whether you're having um, you know one or two casual beers, or you're going to drink about thirty and get completely blacked out. Either way, let's go. Either way, you should choose pub beer. Yes. Uh, all right. So, with that being said, let's get into the uh, crapshoot. Welcome to the pub beer crapshoot. Uh, we're going to do some uh, dice rolling here. So, uh, Bud, do you want to explain what goes on here? Yeah, you're going to roll three dice. And uh, two dice, sorry, my bad. <laughs> How many times have we done this? You're going to roll two dice, and uh, we're going to tell you what you land on. There's several options that the good people at Pub Beer have curated for us, and you'll just have to answer a question with what you roll. Okay. Sloppy dice. Ooh, we got some, yeah. Is there one on there for sloppy dice? Yeah, that means I, I you re-roll, it, up. re-roll it, yeah. Nine. Okay, this is a good question. It doesn't come up often on the pub beer crap shoot. I haven't seen a nine. Nine is name one thing still on your career bucket list. Mm. I guess that 50-50 part. Yeah, the 50-50 split. Yeah. Which, just to clarify for people that aren't familiar, half backcountry, 50% backcountry, 50% street. Yeah, exactly. Not mm. like a big 50-50 on the right. No, to no. Be confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the I want to film the 50% backcountry, 50% rail part i have some other things on my bucket list that i'd rather not say out loud <laughs> this just but in case they don't happen yeah exactly i don't want um if you say them though it might cement it and make them happen Man- destiny <laughs> yeah, manifestation manifest. we're not going to manifest them no, today huh? no. All right. i'll manifest keep them, them for you in my, in my own mind <laughs> so the 50 50 split coming from whistler um not a lot of jibbing going on up there so you have to travel huh yeah when it snows, you go, and otherwise you're in that backcountry. Or nice. you got, like, mountain town jib. Is there some around there? Do we see any? Um, there's not really many <laughs> spots. It seems like in no one Whistler. tries. Yeah. You could get creative on a few things, but. Doesn't snow in Squamish? Not very often. No. Mm-mm. Well, let's talk uh, uninvited. We haven't even dove into that yet. Mm. Yeah. How, how has that been, filming with Jess and, and those projects? It's been amazing. I feel like I talk about it a lot, but I just still can't believe how much Jess has done for all of us. Like why she, I mean, why she has invested so much of her time and her own money into all these other girls. Like she never had to do that. And it's just been a cool experience to be a part of it. I feel lucky. And yeah, and it's given me like, I don't know what I would be doing without it. Like it's given me something to work on and um, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so if there's a big trip going on and you don't have Bud, she'll help out? Is that that's yeah, how it yeah. works? Mm-hmm. She paid my filmer last year. Nice. She went is, and got you a filmer and yeah, I mean, just make sure you have what you need to get yeah, apart. It's pretty incredible. Not to, there's no one else that would yeah, do no that. Yeah, no one's really doing that, yeah. huh? And I'm not the only person that she does that for. There's, yeah. Whole crew, that's cool. Yeah. And it's huge for women snowboarding, too, in general. Just, like, uh, women supporting women, you know? That's, like, putting your money where your mouth is yeah. there, which is, like, truly 
bringing, you know, ri- rising. I always say this corny uh, phrase was a uh, raising tide rises all boats kind yeah. of thing. It's like she brings up all you guys with her, and thus all women snowboarding uh, is is better for it. You know. All right, so so let's talk uh, uninvited crew. Who are you usually on the trips with? I didn't get to go on any trips with any of the girls this past winter. I guess I, I might be the only Canadian in it. There's a, there's Europeans and Japanese girls and girls from the states. This year, I think maybe I was the only Canadian. Maybe I'm. I so hope COVID I'm kept you on your own crew, basically. Yeah, yeah. So I went on. Most of the trips with uh, Dave Walser and Cody Arslowski, um, and then we just gave the footage to Jess to put it in there. But yeah, uh, I owe Dave and Cody a lot. <laughs> Dave is like the ultimate spot finder. We have a we have an interesting <laughs> relationship, but when we're both on it, he's really good at motivating me, not letting me because I'll I'll get into this thought pattern of like I can't do this this is out of my league and he really won't let me quit and I appreciate that from him so much um and uh and Cody is also just the most helpful (laughs) person ever so yeah so we're uh you guys are here and they premiered Uninvited 3 while you've been here uh who who brings the who brings the heat in your opinion for Uninvited 3 who's your favorite stuff everyone uh Hannah and Ilfa and Maggie and Nora and all of the girls. The movie is so good. It's, I think it's so much better than the last two. And the last two were good, but you can just see that the level is getting up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really Yeah, good. there's some heaters. Ilfa does the back 180 onto that one flat down rail. Yeah. Women's snowboarding is progressing at a high rate. Yeah. Right it really is. Especially in the streets. Mm-hmm. Japanese women's sections, awesome. Uh, Maggie's section's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's not super long, but tons. I like that part. Jess is looking really good. Yourself is looking really good out there. Yeah, and Jess's part, she's not very confident <laughs> in her part, but I love it. Like it's, I, didn't, I was with Jess like quite a few days this winter, and I didn't realize she filmed so much stuff. Her part's amazing. She looks pro as fuck in that video. She's pro just like, fuck. okay, yeah. this is a... Goddamn professional. That's here. an expert rider. <laughs> yeah, this is an expert, expert level True rider. professional. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's say hypothetically, uh, have you been on trips with the uninvited crew? Uh, I I have, like the first year, I went on a couple trips with Ivica and Kennedy. But I was hurt at the time. I had a blown knee and I didn't know that I had a blown knee. So I was trying to navigate, like, be, <laughs> I was in denial, basically, and I'd be snowboarding and then my knee would pop out and I'd be like, what is happening? And mm-hmm. so I don't, um, I don't think I contributed much to that trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> who, do, who do you think the most underrated uh, female snowboarder is? On the crew? Just in general. In general. I'm going to say Ilfa. I think Ilfa is yeah. so fucking sick. She's powerful. Mm-hmm. She's so good. And she also, like, rides everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw her riding rail gardens, and it was... I was just like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. It's always, when you see somebody in person, it's always special. Her ender this year is like huge. She goes big. Mm-hmm. Well, that's killer. I think, uh, you know, we got, you're here with the entire Dinos crew. So that's a huge part of your story. <laughs> give a, should we give them the super air horn? Yeah, yes. Dinos. Let me switch <laughs> yes. over the. Let's Thank give you them for the emotionally supporting. <laughs> <laughs> And you got uh, Jeff Hulse's uh, P-Mod behind you. Yep. 
Look at that thing. Let's get this. Let's boost some sales on that thing. (laughs) We got a Catan-based pro model. Uh, That thing hitting the stores this year. Yeah. It's incredible that we managed to keep it a secret from Jeff until Mm -hmm. (laughs) the other day because it should be in stores like any day now. That's amazing. So that's basically explain to people that are unfamiliar what you guys are out here doing. Oh, yeah. Uh, So Jenna and I flew in Saturday night and we stayed at Tucker's house. We had a Hulse tribute night where we watched all of <laughs> I don't even know if we told you this. We would just watched Hulse snowboarding all night in, in anticipation of the big day. And then on Sunday, we all went up to the bone zone at Brighton and we surprised Hulse with his pro model. And it was sick. <laughs> I heard some tears were shed. There was a lot of tears. Wow. <laughs> What percentage of the day was he crying, would you say? There's 24 hours in a day. How many hours of the day was he crying? Like 25%. (laughs) I didn't see him like at the, I had to bail on the after party. um, So I didn't see him there, but there was maybe some tears or maybe he was too busy burning that chair in the fire. (laughs) Oh, you got big energy, huh? Big hyper energy. Well, this is a perfect time for a guest question from none other. And Jake Kuzik, the gibologist. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, Dara, it's Jake. Just wanted to ask you about how it felt turning pro for a brand like Dinosaurs and um, just having it happen at Mount Seymour with a bunch of your friends. I was super lucky to be there and it was really special. And just, yeah, I know that was something you've obviously worked towards for a super long time and um, it was a surprise and everything to you. So, yeah, let's hear about it. Thanks, Jake. I love Jake so much. He's the best. Um, What's the question? How did it feel, the pro model? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Dinos, for making a girl from Winnipeg's dream come true. <laughs> um, that day was amazing. I, uh, we, It was July. I think it was July 4th, and a bunch of us hiked up Seymour, which didn't seem too weird, but then when I, I remember when I got up there and saw Jake and Kennedy and a couple other people that I – wouldn't expect to hike up Seymour in the middle of the summer there. I thought maybe something was going on. And then when the board came <laughs> sliding down to me, I, I think I was in shock. Like I d- didn't really have a good reaction because it was so, I was so overwhelmed. Didn't they do like some like runaway board or something like grab the board? Yeah, I was at the bottom and all of a sudden there's this board with no bindings sliding down to me and everyone's yelling, the board, board. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just, looked weird because there was no bindings on it so I was like what the fuck and then pick it up and it has my name on it and um yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> a good cool. way to do it it was pretty special <laughs> e-man was up there too is that what i heard e-man was there that was one of the giveaways <laughs> yeah you're like what's he doing up yeah. here <laughs> jake and kennedy were there but they were like <laughs> not snowboarding and jake was like i just felt like going on a hike I was like, <laughs> okay <laughs> but yeah it was it was great <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. And then it's come. It's uh, Ben Bogarts. Well, I gotta give all those people prior air horns. But uh, that's Ben Bogarts' old board, correct? Yeah, I didn't know that it was like taking place of that. But I mean, I found that out eventually. But well, but uh, but the thing where I was going with that, the thing that seems cool is it, it's a it's a it's a dude's board. Oh yeah. And you and the and you designed it. Talk about the design process. Because the colors and stuff you chose. Okay. Did Jeno tell you that I helped with the design? Yeah. He likes to give me more credit than I deserve. Okay. He's, he's the artist. I am not very um, artistic. 
inclined mm -hmm. uh, but he did let me help with the color scheme and I, ch I think I chose the base color and like the font or whatever but like that artwork is all him and and yeah it's not a it's not a guy's or a girl's board it's just a snowboard I don't really understand the need for gender specific um hard goods <laughs> mm -hmm. maybe boots but that's just a size thing uh yeah it's a snowboard for everyone mm -hmm. maybe shorter people specifically but it's coming out in four different sizes this year which is exciting so there's more options what's the longest size 155 yeah so that's definitely for everybody that's mm -hmm. cool yeah yeah because i don't know that i've seen too many uh, dudes riding women's boards, which is, you know, not to make it gender specific, but like a board with a woman's name on it, dudes riding it. That's fucking cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to, I'm excited to see people riding it. It's going to be weird. <laughs> what do you, do you ever trip out when you look down and see your name on the top sheet? Yeah, I had a, I think I put off riding it for the first couple months of the season last year because it felt so weird and I almost felt like I was going to, be feeling a lot of pressure on myself if I was riding a snowboard with my name on it, but I've gotten used to it. That's <laughs> sick. And now you can officially say like, what do you do? Like, I'm a goddamn professional. My name's on a board. Yeah. I don't so, know if I'll ever feel comfortable <laughs> claiming that title, but you don't say, see, that's what you got to do. You got to yeah. own it. You got to yeah. own it. You got to own it. All right. So, you know, let's practice. What's your job title, Dara? Professional snowboarder. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And sushi slanger. <laughs> <laughs> sushi slanger. <laughs> Oh, you should say, I'm um, goddamn it, I'm one of the best in the business. Just way too cocky. Like yeah. I'm pretty much better than everybody. <laughs> Dare Reed, how are you? Buy my snowboard. <laughs> Buy my snowboard. <laughs> yeah. Where can people find this uh this pro model? Check online. <laughs> Dinosaurs all, the, will, all your answers will be there. Dinosaurswillie.com. Is that the website? Probably. Well let's talk about let's, let's also talk about dinosaurs will die. Because, you know, from the outside looking in, it's like you guys are fucking family it seems like you know it's really cool we are yeah and talk about the family vibes with it it's the best i like i'm on this trip right now with jenna and everyone from dinos is here and every time we go on a team trip it's we just have so much fun it's so nice to be on a snowboard trip with people that i feel completely comfortable with and i know i can be myself and i'll never be judged or punished for being an idiot <laughs> um yeah dinos vacations are so rad and major shout out to jeno does he do all the graphics for dinos not all of them but quite a few all right, he works so, hard <laughs> all right so let's talk about the people that are on dinos who is uh the biggest pain in the ass to be on a trip with no it's not you Hulse. you're an angel uh <laughs> it's probably me but <laughs> But uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I take my role as party coordinator seriously, mm, so I'm okay. probably a bit of a pain in the ass to be on a trip with. Um, I like to encourage uh, margarita and tequila consumption. That's great. <laughs> um, and then I have some special needs and high maintenance requirements in terms of diet. <laughs> Are you vegan? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's a little... Um, Do you ever host uh, like dinosaurs, like yoga sessions with the team no it's been talked about it's something Why? that yeah. we should do yeah mandatory downward yeah. dog <laughs> yeah. shavasana okay let's keep roasting some of the dinos guys so who <laughs> who's the like worst at getting up in the morning is it jeno it is jeno 
I've caught Jeno passed out on this trip. Like I have like five separate videos of him at different locations. Just sneaking in naps, out. huh? Yeah. But we've been pretty hard like on Like all him. times of the day? Uh, like in the evening. Yeah. But, he likes his afternoon nap. But like at nap. odd places. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, he he's not the worst at getting up, but he's the worst at getting out of the door because he's mm. always got work to do, which is fair. <laughs> Who's the who gets the most uh, shit faced? All the Canadians. <laughs> Mayor Horn for that. That's kind of par for the course. Yeah. Okay. Who smells the worst? Let's throw some people under the bus. Let's throw some. Let's. I'm let's. gonna say holes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's still riding high off of that pro model. He's yeah. good. You can cut him down. Yeah. You need to. You he know what? You need to cut him down a little. He's feeling a little too. Uh, probably feeling a little too good. Honestly, you guys are riding high over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's. You know. You know what we like to do when people are. You know, to make ourselves feel better. Sometimes we got to put others down. Mm-hmm. You know. So uh, let's let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> Let me shuffle my notes here like I'm a true goddamn professional. All right, I think it's time for Hot Takes. Ooh. Hot Takes is presented by Oakley. I rock the line miners with the prism lens. Uh, new supporter of the show. If you want to support uh, us, support our sponsors, support Oakley. First question. MJ, Michael Jordan of snowboarding, both male and female. Who you got? I'm going to give an unusual answer. But it's a personal MJ, you know, like the person yes, that has. For you. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna say Jake. Kuzik. Yeah. That's a great oh, answer. Great answer. I love. I'm giving that. A yeah. Air horn. That guy has. He, I'm like so inspired by him, and he's such a good person, and his snowboarding is incredible. And uh, just watching him become the person, I'm so fucking proud of him. It's so great. Uh, so yeah, he'll be my. That's my answer, Jake. <laughs> what about we do? We do male and female. Oh, Jess female um for sure okay question number two worst trend in snowboarding all the fucking iphone edits like is that a bad answer i don't know no it's <laughs> that's a great answer i i love a good park edit but i just think that um it, it's getting saturated and there's you don't need to constantly have the iPhone out when you're cruising the park. I, would, I personally enjoy some non-documented snowboard days, and I think I would hope that everyone else would too. I just, it's too much. There's too much of it. Great answer. Saturated market. Jeff, what's what's your favorite video part ever filmed? Uh, Travis Parker Lynn. That's That was quick. I hate to say that's a very acceptable answer. Yeah. If if not the the most correct, I would say I, that was I would say Travis Parker. After bang personally, but lame. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a little bizarre, but okay. Another probably uncommon answer, but I'm gonna say Jeeves in the sandbox video that the part that was to the Akon song that shakedown. Yep, I believe the video was time well wasted. Um, that part always gets me fired up, and I love Jeeves. <laughs> I went back and revisited that part recently. Mm-hmm. Fucking incredible. Akon's he, dope, too. That's a good choice. Yeah, good track. He front boards, like, giant triple kinks. He's, dude, his kits, his, yeah. like, all DC kits. Are, he's got a resi beanie that's sky high on the sky whole thing. It's, he had uh, quite the look mm-hmm. <laughs> when he was younger. Yeah. Yeah, Jeeves is a straight-up uh, leyunda, which is Spanish for what, buds? Legend. Yes, that's correct. I have to say that I don't think that I would still be snowboarding today if it weren't for Andrew Jeeves. He really... Um, I followed him around as a kid and 
uh, he showed me his passion for it and I adopted it and yeah. Uh, what about <laughs> you, bud? Best video part ever. I don't have the memory capacity to take them all in. <laughs> like they were here, now they're gone. I can't remember. It's gone. All right. We also asked this question um, before uh, we recorded for the Patreon, but if you had a, a Hollywood actor play your role in life, who would it be? I said Amy Schumer would be my Solid answer. Solid answer. She's a boss. She is funny. Okay. And last question. If you go heliboarding with three people, who would it be and why? Oh, yeah. We did this question, too. What did I say? I said Jess and Derek Malinsky, and I threw Jenna in there. <laughs> now, I noticed you referred to it as Winnipeg earlier. Do the locals call it the peg or Winnipeg? I don't ever call it the peg. <laughs> it's too bad. Uh, but probably some locals, too. Okay, noted. noted. I know that Chris does. Uh, I'm just trying to get it to stick with yeah, everybody. I think it's good. The peg is a good nickname uh, from the peg. Well, another thing we got to talk about before we get out of here, um, you've had some very f famous bails, we could say. I mean, that's they've been on fucking, what did it end up on, Tosh or something like that? One of those? Tosh.0. Yeah. I hate uh, this topic. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you're yeah. fucking hate They it. didn't actually yeah. use your name, though, in Tosh.0, right? No. no yeah, but, but what, so let's talk about it. So you, you've had the, the bails that are like, why do you, why do you hate the topic? That particular bail and that experience just brings back so many negative emotions. I they never had permission to use that. For one thing, I never would have said okay to that. They bootlegged a clip. I I mean, it was on the internet, so I guess it was accessible. They were allowed to take it. I don't really know how that works. Maybe they asked the filmer's well, that's permission. That's the thing. Your filmer might have got paid. And yeah, nobody I ever. Think they bootleg all that. <laughs> you think they boot? That's legal. I don't know. On a show like that. But yeah, that that whole thing, like that, was a huge part probably of the break I took from snowboarding because I just felt like I went from I felt like I went from being like the girl with the nice switchback fives to being the girl that was on Tosh Point oh, and I just couldn't recover from that. I still can't. It's been like ten years, and it still gets brought up all the time. Um, yeah, it's something that could happen to anybody. How old were you? I was so young. Yeah, I, that's a thing. It's, yeah, shit I was happens. so young, and I didn't know what I was doing. And um, it's it taught me an important lesson. Yeah, Don't get a something if you're not comfortable. And get a spotter, right? Oh, but. yeah, and that for sure. I could see how that's annoying because it's like you see people and and you're like, if somebody comes up to you and you're like, oh, my God, you're the girl from Tosh.0 that fucking fell really mm -hmm. hard. And you're like, and then fucking 30 more dudes that are drunk at the bar come do that. You're probably just like, God, like, I'm not just the person that Yeah, I'm like, I've like, done so much shit. else, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm do you so know about that? that. <laughs> totally. It's frustrating. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. the layman just doesn't know it's you, right? No. Yeah, it's just a clip. Yeah. I'll tell you, you what, know, I made it on Thrasher, Thrasher Hall of Meat once, and it's like the most viewed video I've ever uh, <laughs> happened to me in my life. Like, whatever it is, like, the general public, I mean, there's a reason why there's, like, ridiculousness in Touch.0, like, they just... People can't, love bales. People love bales. <laughs> people love bales. I popsicle stick like the thing. My um, what do you call it? Credit card. Mm. I credit card myself. Um, uh. Yeah. Anyway, good <laughs> bail. But uh, I'd imagine, luckily, it didn't make it on Tosh point oh. <laughs> so everybody wasn't like, "You're the fucking guy with the pops, the popsicle stick, right? <laughs> the credit card. You're the credit card guy, right?" I yeah. saw uh, someone hitting Chad's gut from that session on Tosh point oh. Oh, was it when what's his name went in the f the front of it? Yeah. 
Wait, uh, that no, that session or was it, was it? I swear it was that session. Well, who was it? Because Finder was in the footage, and I, it was more. It was just someone going big. It wasn't like a bailer. Oh, it wasn't because yeah. somebody the the other session with Cocard, somebody ran into the front of it. It was it was someone airing it, and then okay. people like just reacting. Mm. All right, um, we've been doing. It. I got a couple couple more questions for you. What what advice do you have for a young kid trying to come up these days? Uh, just snowboard as much as possible and have fun and have a positive attitude and see where that takes you. <laughs> Don't uh, have too many expectations, but work hard and have a positive attitude. What advice do you have for somebody trying to get on Dinosaurs Will Die? Uh, what does what do Jeno and Jeff want to see in upcoming riders? Hmm. Um, <laughs> We have upper management in the building. Here. Uh, beat Jeff at Catan or? <laughs> Keep up with Jeno drinking tequila. <laughs> Oof. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think if you're a good person and you get along with the crew, which anyone could because everyone on the crew is amazing, then you're probably in if you want to be. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so let's talk about your setup. Um, we talked about your board, but particularly – what what do you ride for a setup like board bindings angles detune yeah usually i ride the 149 dare board and i put some unions on that i think my stance is 19.5 i don't know what the angles are um what about forward, forward lean i take that off pop it off yeah what about edges uh i take a stone to them but i don't not all the way off so you still got some bite yeah What's the benefits of that? Uh, I like to turn. <laughs> <laughs> that makes one of us. Um, all right. Beautiful. What about uh, outerwear? I wear 686 outerwear. Uh, it's the best. I, I usually wear the pack light jacket that they have, which has these like suspenders in them. So when you're hiking, you just take the sleeves off and then you're carrying it. You don't have to like put it in your backpack or anything. Uh, it's sick. <laughs> what about Pat McCarthy? Pat McCarthy is... An enthusiastic, excited person. He's awesome. Come an air horn. I love Pat. That's the man. Okay, well, what's next for Dara? Uh, next is getting better at snowmobiling. Um, I'm signed up for an ASD2 course right now and then like a sled workshop. I just want to be safe in the backcountry and be better at navigating the backcountry and not be a liability on crews. <laughs> I want people to invite me to go out and... Um, I definitely have some trick goals on jumps and into powder. And then I want to film in the streets with the dinos crew and some of the girls out here. And I got big plans. Well, are it. you a current liability in the backcountry? Uh, I'm not a liability, but I might be um, a bit of a, I might hold people back. A bit of a abilities. wild card out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, snowmobiling's fucking hard. It's no joke. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And you're you're doing it out in Whistler, too, where it's pretty serious. The terrain is insane. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's. Amazing. How's the S-shoot been lately? Okay, I got up the S-shoot at the end of last year. I had Aaron Leyland give me a coaching day, which was a game changer. And he got me, no, he got me up the gauntlet and down the S-shoot. Uh, but I have watched my snowmobile fucking tumble down the entire ass shoot. I'm just at the top like, oh, no, that's like my entire year's worth of pay just rolling down a mountain right now. <laughs> but uh, Day one, windshield off, and then just throw <laughs> it and pack it out of there, I guess. 
Dude, the ass shooting the gauntlet, that sounds scary. I'm glad I've never been out there. They're so scary. <laughs> it's like day three after the storm when they're actually, I feel like when they're all like iced over and your track spins is actually scarier than the powder day. I feel like when, that's me personally, but. I don't know. The powder days are hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before we wrap this thing up, would you like to say thank you to anybody? Uh, I want to say thank you to 686 and Dinosaurs Will Die and all my sponsors. Um, I want to say thank you to Jess. I don't know what I would do without you, Jess. Sorry about the video part thing. Um, Jeno and Jeff for emotionally supporting me and letting me call you guys with all of my ridiculous questions. Um, fuck, I have too, way too many people to thank. Derek, uh, Cody, Dave, all my friends in Whistler. Thank you to you guys. I uh, I don't want to turn this into an acceptance speech. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just really grateful to all the good people in my life. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure chatting. And uh, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. And we'll have another episode coming at you next week. And uh, be sure to follow Dara, everything that she's doing. She kicks ass. And uh, we will see you next week over and out from the bomb hole.